0: My life was in a free fall, like a plummet from the highest peak, and I was merely a helpless passenger gripping tightly to the roller coaster of my life. My girlfriend was seven months pregnant with my baby girl, and I found myself entangled in a web of legal issues. A felony sentence ended early, with looming restitution balance hung over my head. There was also substantial debt from a contract that fell through due to a background check and mounting criminal charges only added to my troubles. Desperation drove me to explore every avenue to repay these debts. I turned to art, I painted murals, but this was merely a brushstroke on the grand canvas of my life, and it wasn't nearly enough. I needed a lifeline out of this never-ending nightmare. All these financial obligations converged, demanding attention simultaneously and created a world around me that felt chaotic and filled with despair. Yet, amidst all this turmoil, there was one constant resource I clung to my pills. I went to my pain management doctor for another dose, but a positive THC test meant that I would now receive half the pills for the same cost. And to make matters worse, I was dropped as a patient by the doctor. I found myself marching across a dimly lit gas station, preparing to sell the pills I had left to a friend of a friend. These weren't my typical customers by any means. They had a shady demeanor. Fueled with frustration, I was unable to see the warning signs. In a cruel twist of fate, I found myself face down on the pavement with tire tracks across my back. I'd been robbed by high school kids, no less. At this point, all hope was lost. At least that money would have put some food on the table for my families, put the creditors at bay for a couple of days to buy me some more time, and then it struck me. Suddenly, I needed to do something. I needed to rob a bank it was a risky plan coming from the darkest parts of my mind but i was ready to take a dangerous path to change my family's future in the ensuing days i meticulously orchestrated every detail i stole a Jimi hendrix costume and two burner phones i crafted a fake explosive device that could have been plucked from a blockbuster thriller the plan was to transform my once white truck to black akin to a chameleon changing its colors Kansas of spray paint and my barn turned into shadowy black, and a pressure washer stood as a specter to erase any lingering evidence. Once the deed was done, my plant went beyond robbing the bank. It involved vanishing completely. I transformed. I was now a six-foot-four man, wearing a Jimi Hendrix wig, and even painted my skin to appear a different race. I was becoming a true master of deception. The days dwindled away, A heavy burden rested on my shoulders. My family, those who I held closest to my heart, had become unwitting participants in my plan. I knew the time had come to gather them, to reveal parts of the dangerous path I had chosen. It was a somber evening, one that cast a long dark shadow over our dinner table. I apprehensively told them about my plan, the very act that could either set us free or seal our fates, but they absorbed my words and understood the desperation that had pushed me into this unthinkable choice a deep realization dawned on their faces they saw that i wasn't doing this out of spite but because i had no other option driven by a strong desire to secure a better future for all of us as good friday approached i chose to be as sober as i could knowing that relying on drugs would merely be a temporary escape i wanted to ensure there was a solution not a band-aid for my reality After carefully studying the police routes on the map, I realized I needed to create a distraction. So I picked up my burner phone, my heart pounding like a drum, and dialed 911. What's your emergency? I spun a gruesome tale, a fiction so vivid it would send shivers down anyone's spine. It was a ploy to divert the police's attention, leaving a clear path to and from the bank. My vantage point, I watched. As the police cars rushed past, their silence howled like a pack of wild coyotes. As I walked towards the bank, I felt like I was watching myself from a distance, having an out-of-body experience, where every moment unfolded in slow motion. Every footstep echoed heavily in silence. My hand slowly reached for the door. As I entered, my eyes caught the height marker next to the door falsely proclaiming my stature at six foot four though i'm barely five ten on my best days in this surreal time-stretched moment i positioned my meticulously crafted movie-grade explosive device on the counter beside it i placed a note a haunting pact between myself and the bank teller it bore a chilling reminder that i held knowledge of her home address accompanied by an urgent request not to alert emergency services until at least five minutes after my departure I warned of another stolen burner phone rigged to trigger a catastrophic chain reaction. Inside the bank, I was a man on a mission, a character from a true crime drama. The hushed conversations of the bank's patrons formed the backdrop to my audacious act. But in my crafted plan, there was one detail I had overlooked, one variable that had the potential to upend everything, the hero factor. As I stood there, the likeness of Jimi Hendrix, my heart pounded in rhythm with the seconds ticking away, my eyes darting like a cornered animal, as a couple of cowboys were adjacent to the teller station. These were no ordinary patrons. They were like the kind of folks who exuded a rugged determination, the kind who might carry a concealed weapon beneath their denim jackets, you know? My mind raced, contemplating the consequences of a shootout in the bank. Of course, I don't even have a gun. These civilians, fueled by a sense of heroism, might not hesitate to intervene, yet I had to remain in character, the silent, invisible menace. I was sweating profusely under my disguise, and my fake mustache seemed to sag under the weight of my dread. As the robbery unfolded, I handed her a couple of flimsy Walmart grocery bags with the painstaking caution she began to fill them with money. At one point she tried to pass the bags to me prematurely, but I responded firmly a stern reminder of the ominous explosive device resting on the counter. I needed every last dollar. I found myself walking a tightrope, projecting an air of quiet menace while silently praying that no unexpected hero would emerge from the bank's customers. The room seemed to hold its breath, tension coiled like a spring, poised to snap at any given moment. A solitary beat of sweat trickled down my forehead and I fought the impulse to brush it away. I couldn't afford to show any vulnerability or to break the facade. Finally, the bank tellers handed me the last bag of money. It was time to take my exit. I moved slowly and calmly toward the exit, my heart hammering, my chest like the relentless drums of impending doom. It felt surreal. Had I really just pulled this off? As I left the bank, my mind was a whirlwind of emotions. I was free, for now. I reached my truck, every movement intensified by the cinematic score fear pulsating in my chest. I sped away from the scene to my predeterministic escape route. I made it to my remote location I had planned to set the truck with all the evidence inside ablaze, but my lighter was nowhere to be found. The sirens intensified, the sound of impending doom closing in from all directions with a racing heart I bolted to the nearby bushes. My face stung as I hastily wiped away the paint that had been irritating my eyes. At last, my riot pulled up, and I leaped inside just in the nick of time. We managed to slip through the tightening dragnet before it could ensnare us, and after shedding my robbery attire, a daring plan formed in my mind. I decided to drive back through the heart of the chaos. After all, who would expect the perpetrator to return to the scene of the crime? The police and news crews descended like actors on a chaotic stage. It was a surreal spectacle, one that I could scarcely believe that I had orchestrated. I carefully counted my ill-gotten gains, a measly 3500 It was a far cry from the 35000 that I had hoped for. As the harsh reality sank in, I realized it wasn't even enough to cover my pressing debts, let alone sustain my family for very long at all. Drowning my sorrows in a haze of narcotics seemed like my only escape. I dialed my dealer, arranged the meet, and before I knew it, I had my fix in hand. I retreated to a hotel in Nashville. The drug-induced fog, providing a temporary respite from the turmoil of my life. Hours later, as the sirens closed in, I faced a pivotal choice. In a tornado of despair, I made some drastic moves. I stashed the remaining cash. I took enough dope in the hopes of overdosing and watched as the rest of my supply vanished down the toilet. The door burst open, revealing the authorities armed with a damning photograph, one that portrayed a man who looked nothing like me. Summoning courage, I offered a high-stakes deal, two years in a low-security prison exchange for the true identity of the man in the photo, the mastermind behind the bank robbery. Initially, they reluctantly nodded. Tension filled the room. But when I confessed, the deal crumbled like a fragile house of cards, with my disguise having worked too well. I found myself handcuffed and escorted to the county jail, a surreal chapter in my tumultuous journey. The following morning, I was greeted by an unfamiliar sight, U.S. Marshals. With a heavy heart and a sense of failure, I emerged from my cell leaving behind the life I had known. As I walked down the prison corridor, the echoes of my footsteps seemed to resonate with the uncertainty of my future. In my head, a whirlwind of questions swirled. What was going to happen to my baby girl? Would I survive the harsh detox? Where were my sons in this moment of crisis? What awaited me on this journey I was about to undertake? One thing is for certain, I knew nothing was ever going to be the same again.